Hey everyone, this is Jacob Keith. And this is Jackson Keith. And today we're going to be talking about prayer, um, what what all that looks like, some practical steps to that, and just uh, kind of just a hole on what it means to pray. So Jacob, you want to kind of start that out on us? Yeah, so I think before we dive into the weeds too deeply, I think it's important to know what prayer even is. Uh, because there is a lot of misconceptions of prayer and there's a lot of some people oversimplify it, some people overcomplicate it. Uh, and so I'm going to give a brief definition and then Jackson, if there's something you want to add or take away from it after I do that, you can. Uh, but when I think of prayer, I see it as a conversation with God, either asking for something, confessing to a sin or thanking God. Uh and you could kind of simplify that as paying attention to God. Like that is the way I see prayers. It is paying attention to God, setting aside everything else where you're focusing on him uh, and your relationship that you have with him and what he has to say. Is there something you want to add to that, Jackson? What's hard for me is to try to add without it, you know, getting into the rest of it. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think just in simple terms, it's literally just talking to God as far as the simple terms go. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but as far as simple terms goes, that's it, talking to God. Yes, because I think a lot of the times we want to, like, think that it has to be this super uber-structured, using all the right language, using all the right words, and it's just having a conversation with God. It's just talking with God. Whenever Jackson and I have conversations, we're not trying to impress the other with our expound vocabulary like we're not trying to do that we're just talking we're just having a conversation same thing goes with god he's not looking for you to use fancy words or phrases he just wants you to talk with him he wants you to just be real with him jackson i do you want to talk about what prayer isn't do you want to talk about a structure of prayer or what god has to say about prayer what What do you want to start with um I, i'll just start if you don't mind, just looking at a few different things of what God says about prayer. I'm down with uh, that. As far as just like strictly scripture. Mm -hmm. um, one of the, uh, I don't know if we want to use the word obvious points, uh, is Matthew 6, where yes. he gives the Lord's Prayer. Um, and he says multiple things here. Um, and I think it's important for us, before we start this, to literally get all other thoughts about prayer out of your mind like all other preconceived notions. And let's just solely look at the scripture. Forget your little prayer before your meal. Forget the little prayer before the church service. Like forget all those things, those preconceived ideas, not saying they're bad, could be, might not be, but let's just look at what the scripture says in and of itself. Um, and I, I would say starting in about like verse five of Matthew chapter six, verse five, if you want to look it up, you can. Yeah, no, I've already got it pulled up in front of me. Um, but... I was really talking to the other people. But hey, I mean, hey, if you want to up too, you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it says in verse five, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners so that they may, may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they had their reward. Uh, but, I, but you, when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So there's some um, discussion to be had there. Um but the way the way I interpret that is we are not meant to just be praying 
words for no reason. And it even says here, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they suppose they will be heard for their many words in verse 7. So I think often, sometimes we're praying, you know, too, you know, big of words. And it's not about the size of the word, it's about the heart. I think too often we, we are trying to like kind of replicate what we've always heard. Yes. Uh, and we can get in notions where we're, we're saying these super huge words. And I'm not saying that you can't use big words. It's just, it's how your heart is. Uh, you have to be. So I think there's different ways uh, of prayer and how to like kind of classify it. I think there's the prayer between you and God alone. I think there's the prayer and you and, you know, a couple brothers in Christ. And I think there's the prayer that you pray when you're with the whole body of Christ. And I think that's important because it's the same as if I'm having a one-on-one -on -one conversation with you, if I'm having a one-on, you know, three conversation with you and a couple other friends, or if I'm talking to the entire podcast, you know, like it, it I think it's different each way in a form. Uh, and I guess what I would mean by that is, uh, you know, if it's just you and God, there's going to be kind of a different, you're just going to be literally talking back and forth because I think that's an important thing when you talk to somebody to listen. Uh, so yes, when it's just you and God in that time, you are to just sometimes just listen. Uh, and for the most part, I don't really think you're going to be trying to impress God. Maybe you are, and that might be something you have to work on too, where uh, you got to realize your righteousness is as filthy rags and your whole goal is just to sit before him. Uh, but I think even in like the, the one to few or one to many, you really have to watch your heart that you're not seeking to be seen by men. Uh, you're not seeking to be heard just for your words and that what you're praying, you were, you were speaking with God, but you're also realizing that there are other people there too, I guess, you know, it's, a, it's a very fine line to walk. But I think the cool thing is, is that Jesus gives us an exact replica uh, or a format, however you want to word it on what to do. Yes. And that will kind of fix your heart on it. And we'll talk about that later. Do you have anything else on the, yes, the, that side of things? Yeah. So I, I want to clarify and really like dig deeper into that scripture. So if you still got it pulled up in front of you to all the listeners, uh, I got it too. a lot of people, <laughs> thanks Jackson. A lot of us, uh, a lot of people will take this passage and think it means that you cannot pray in, in front of other people that like the only right way to pray is by yourself. There is a lot of power in praying by yourself. As Jackson was saying, that is a great opportunity to for it to be just you and God. But I want to focus on the part that says, when you pray, you are not to be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. The part that Jesus is focusing on here is not the fact that they're praying in front of other people. What he is focusing on is the fact that they love to pray in front of other people so that they may be seen by men. And then he goes on to say, truly, I say to you, they have their reward in full. And I think that is a major sentence that gets overlooked because he is saying right there that when we pray to God, like sometimes we're asking him to help us with certain things or we're confessing certain things. But the point is, is that we are going to receive blessings for that relationship that we are building with God. And if what we are asking for, we are if we are asking for it in confidence and it's within God's will, it's going to happen. But here, he's saying that if they are praying for the purpose of being noticed by men around them, they've had their reward in full. 
So basically, if someone's like, wow, that was a really good prayer. Them saying that was your reward. That, Which if someone says that, that doesn't necessarily mean that your reward's taken away. It's not necessarily your fault. Correct. Uh, but if that's your heart behind is getting that, wow, that was a good prayer, you know? Like, there's really no such thing as a, a good prayer, I, I really don't think, other than one that's sent to God. It's just a just a prayer, you know? Yeah, there, uh, there's not like a tier list of, okay, these are like the really good prayers. Here's the okay prayers. Here's the Either good or bad. Like, it's you're either doing it right or you're doing it wrong uh and it's literally as simple as that like Can I use some uh scripture reference to back up what you just said there say that uh, one more time i want to use some scripture to back up what you said about not praying out loud okay um so once again we got to use the entirety of the bible for context you know you can't just use one singular verse to back up what you're saying uh and you can't use personal opinions and feelings uh so like one for instance is in luke 18 where Jesus is talking about like the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, it says like the Pharisee stood by himself and prayed to God, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. And he goes on and names all these things. Or even like that tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get. Um, and like the Pharisee was, you know, praying to be heard. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, God, and Jesus said that the tax collector went home justified and he prayed out loud. You know, we have another time where Jesus was uh, raising Lazarus from the dead. I can't remember exactly where that's at. Uh, but the whole point is Jesus literally, when he prayed for Lazarus to come back, prayed out loud. So like we have multiple other instances in scripture where uh, people prayed out loud. It's just you got to see the context and what it's truly, truly saying. Yeah. Uh, and so there's some pressure that you can take off of your shoulders when it comes to praying with other people present you don't have to worry about oh am i saying the right things or am i saying things that are going to get good reactions out of people are they going to think really highly of me after this prayer other people's opinions of you do matter. not matter that can go for any topic any topic whatsoever their opinion does not matter the only opinion that matters is god's opinion that is it that we could cover literally every other podcast topic with that alone. God's opinion is the only one that matters. And he's not going to judge you based off of your intelligence level. He's not going to judge you based off of the vocabulary you're using. He's not going to judge you off of the theology and verses that you're throwing into your prayer. He is going to judge you by your heart. And that is, it's as simple as that. Uh, because I think something that I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've been guilty of this throughout my life being raised in the church. And I know that like a lot of my students, they haven't verbalized it, but I can tell that they're struggling with it too, is if I'm the one that's asked to pray out loud, to like end a small group or end a service or for all the prayer requests, I want to make sure I'm saying all the right things and doing all the right things. Cause I don't want to look dumb. And so what I've done is I've, started caring about other people's opinions. And my challenge for everyone listening, stop it. <laughs> stop caring about other people, uh, their opinions. Care about other people, but stop caring about their opinions of you because ultimately it's only God's opinion that matters. And so that's that's my soapbox for the day. Jackson, what you got next? <laughs> I think now we get into 
now what you know so like we get it you're not supposed to just pray huge words we're not just supposed to uh you know pray to be heard um we're just supposed to pray so god can hear us um but i i think it's important to now let's look at what the rest of what what jesus said pray then in this way yes Uh, and something i want to add is I want to encourage everyone listening, like I said, to put aside all your prior knowledge and just look at what the scripture says. Your grandma might have prayed a certain way. Your grandpa might have prayed a certain way. But Jesus said, pray then in this way. So let's pray in that way. And maybe it matches up with old grandma. Maybe it doesn't. You know, I don't know. But let's pray then in this way. And let's see exactly kind of what he says here. Um, So he starts it off. And really, this is one of those things that most people kind of have memorized. And I think not to a fault that we have it memorized, but it's become way too much common knowledge that we forgot the power that's in it. Yes. So here's what it says. It says, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's hard. Okay. I'm just going to clarify something. I, uh, I have some scripture memorized in KJV from when I was a kid. Yep. <laughs> and then I try to read it in NASB, which is what I read now. And it makes it so difficult. <laughs> so I don't know. Should I quote this in King James or should I read it in NASB? I'm just going <laughs> to read it. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So I am under the belief that that is put in an order for a specific reason. And I think we should kind of use the order that it gives us. And I will explain what I mean by that. I don't think we have to use that word for word. I don't think we have to repeat it word for word every time we pray. And that's the only thing we're allowed to do. But I think it would take out all air if we would use that order. The structure. Um, the structure that it is given. So it starts off, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. So it starts off thanking God, uh, you know, hallowed be thy name, God, you are in heaven. And something else that's cool that Tony Evans talks about that I want to clarify. When you're praying, you're not praying to our father who is on earth. You're not praying to our father who is bound by earthly measures. Mm-hmm. You're praying to our father who is in heaven, who's not bound by time, space, nor matter. He has no control, no limits. Like he can literally do all. And that's who you're praying to. So it's important to know that. So you start off with Thanksgiving. You thank God, whatever that means. And I I encourage each of you right now to pause this and thank God for at least five things. I think that would be an amazing thing if you would do five things that you're thankful for. The next step, it says your kingdom come, your will be done. Our job is to listen. I think that's kind of where the listening comes into play because I think too often we get too busy talking and discussing and saying things when the goal most of the time is really just to listen to God. And he can speak in so many ways. He can speak through scripture. Uh, He can speak in that still small voice like he did to Elijah. You know, he can, he can speak in so many ways uh, and you will begin to learn what that sounds like, what that's like uh, the same way you learn to understand your, your parents' voice, your mother's voice. Uh, If I got a random phone call and it was somebody from my immediate family even if I didn't have the name on the call, I'd know who it is because, you know, I know their voice. So you're going to learn to know God's voice in whatever way that might mean. Uh, so I think the next thing after you thank God is you need to listen. So you will learn exactly that more and more as you grow the same way you do as a child, but you just need to listen to his will. The next thing it says is give us this day our daily bread. This is the one that most people do 
in the beginning, but you need to wait a little bit. Yeah. Because the next thing here is asking God for, for our needs, uh, asking God for our situations. Um, you see, I, if I, it says in, I think, James uh, 2 or 5, somewhere in there, it talks about sometimes we pray and we ask, but we don't ask with the right heart. We don't ask in God's will and we don't receive it. So sometimes we, we pray for things and we don't get the answer, but it's because it wasn't God's will. So you're, if you will listen to God before you ask, you will always know his will. So you won't fall into that category where you're asking for things that aren't in God's will because you've already listened to see what his will is. You've already asked for his kingdom to come and his will done. So before you ever ask, you got to listen. you got to listen. Uh, the next step, Hold I have on, it before, down. Before you, jump, before you jump to the next one, can I read a verse that kind of backs that up a little bit? Go Talk about it. God's will. Uh, this is 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. And so asking in his will is the important part. And this verse even goes as far as to say that if we ask him something that is in his will, he hears it and we will receive the request that we have asked for. And we have, like, if we do it in that order, we'll make sure we're following that step too. Once again, Jesus gave us this for a specific reason. He gave it to us. You know, he meant what he said. Uh, after that, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Uh, it goes to forgive me. You know, we, we, we have lots of things that we need to confess. And uh, man, it's all in the book of James. And now I'm forgetting which chapters it is in my head, but I think it's James chapter five. Uh, where it's talking about praying for people, praying for the sick. Uh, and it says you have to confess your sins to one another. Um, and it says elsewhere in scripture that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And James chapter five says the prayer of a righteous man affects much. So honest to goodnessly, if you are unrighteous, which on your own measures you are, your prayers really aren't going to affect much. Uh, your, your prayers aren't going to go very far. Um, however, according to James chapter five and according to that scripture there, if you will just confess your sins, and here's the deal, I think it's important to do it to God and to man. I think we kind of leave that part to man out too often. Uh, I think we, we try to run so far from the idea of confession uh, as Protestants a lot of the time that we kind of forget we are called to confess to one another, uh, specifically matter of fact. So if we confess to God and we confess to man, you know, then we will be righteous on account from God, not by our own measures, but by, like, by what Christ did through us. And then our prayers will be effective. So listening to God and thanking God and asking him for things will then become effective because you have confessed your sins to him. Um, the next part, do not, do you have anything else on that, Jip, on the asking nope. like to confess? Uh, the next part says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So I, 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 uh, without getting too deep into things, that word temptation, I think it can, I think it can really mean kind of both temptation and trial looking at the original wording. Uh, but once again, not to get too deep into that, uh, but I'm going to put both words there. Do not lead us into temptation or trials. And I have biblical, you know, kind of backing for both of those things, uh, to where God can protect us through circumstances. Sometimes it might be God's will. And if you will listen to God, 
early on, you might know the trial is meant to happen and you realize you shouldn't be asking it to get out of it. But there are also times where you can, like Jesus did, you can say, let this cup pass from me. But then also with temptation, uh, Jacob, you probably know the reference. I can't think of it on the moment, but it, it says, you know, no temptation has overtaken you, but such is common to man. And it says that God will give us a way of escape. He'll show us that way of escape to get out of that temptation. We just have to accept it. And right there, you know, we're just, we're praying that God can deliver us from that evil, from that temptation, from that trial, because man, life's hard. So the way I label that one is help us in the hard times and help us in temptation. Jay, what else do you have on that? Anything? Yeah. So the verse Jackson's reference just then was 1 Corinthians 10, 13, uh, which is just such a good one because it focuses on the fact that the temptations you have are common to man. Like you, you aren't going to go and be tempted by something and be the first one to ever struggle with it. There's going to be someone out there that you can relate to that Mm -hmm. has been through what you're going through that can help you with it. So again, the whole confessing to one another, I think part of the reason we're scared to do that is because we're like, oh, but where are they going to think? Oh, they're not going to understand. No, there are people out there who are going to understand. And because they understand, there's also people who are going to understand that God provides the way of escape because they've found that escape. Uh, and so that that's a whole nother podcast topic, yeah. but that I think is Super just important. a great verse to bring there. Um, but then it, at the end, it says, for yours is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. So it ends with Thanksgiving again. So it starts and ends with Thanksgiving. And, and that's one of those moments where we need to realize that we serve a holy God. You know, it's not just the, the guy in the, little booklets from kids church it's not just the guy that the, the pastor talks about like this is a literal like he is the creator of the universe like the he literally the creator of the universe who created all things he's holy he's never sinned he he's perfect he's omnipotent omnipresent like so many things and he's willing to talk to you i think you should probably thank him for some things you know like i i, I think that might be like the first and the last thing you do um but all that boils down to, I think that order, and, and I have I have a paper, and I, every most Wednesdays, I can't say everyone because we've had a few that we haven't, but most Wednesdays, uh, I give my kids a paper, my, my youth students a paper, and we go through this little prayer paper, um, and they do it individually by themselves somewhere in the room, like they all spread out, uh, and they just go through it because it, it's showing them how to pray, uh, not so much in the sense of what words to say, but how to do it in a format that was given by Jesus. And so we, our hearts will be right. Because if we first, we thank God, then we listen to God. Then we can ask God. Then we confess to God. Then we can ask God for help in the hard times and then thank God again. That order, if you truly do it in that order with that heart, I really think it, it, it protects your heart from fault. And I think that's the reason Jesus gave it to us that way is to protect us from the fault. So I want to encourage you in your prayer life to check and see, am I doing this in a different way than the way Jesus kind of orchestrated it to me? Am I not seeing my prayers answered? Because if you're not seeing your prayers answered, it might be because, I mean, it is because of your heart. Uh, It's because your heart in some form or manner is not seeing something right. It's not God's fault. It's not that God's not faithful. It's in some way it's it's your fault. You're not necessarily a bad person. You're a human being. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm right there with you. But we have to check our hearts and see in what way can we better apply the format 
the structure that Jesus gave us. And then once you do that, I truly, truly believe your prayer life will change exponentially. The thing I always challenge my students with is to start somewhere. If you will just give two minutes to each of these subjects, if you thank God for two minutes, you know, you just write down things for two minutes, what you're thankful for. Listen to God for two minutes. Ask God for two minutes. Confess to God for two minutes. Like if you do all those things for two minutes, two times six is 12. 12 minutes, 12 minutes throughout your day of specific prayer time. Um, while that might seem small, I'm just a guessing man. Most people don't have 12 minutes of prayer time. And that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. You know, make it five minutes, five times six, that's 30 minutes, 30 minutes of specific prayer time each day. You were, that is better than I would say 90% of Americans, you know? Uh, so start somewhere. Start somewhere, and if you will do those things specifically, I really believe, you know, things will, things will change, and you'll enjoy it. It will change your life. It will. JB, you have anything else on that kind of side of the things? Yeah, so I have – I my education background is big on analogies uh, and ways of, like, helping you remember that structure. And so I have a simplified kind of picture you can – kind of picture in your head of how to remember that prayer structure that we see in the uh, Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. And so think of a sandwich or a burger, something that is going to have condiments and some type of meat to it. At the top of every sandwich is going to be a bun or a piece of bread or something of that nature. That bun or bread is going to represent praise. And so the top of your sandwich is going to be you praising God. You should be thanking him. You should be praising him for how awesome he is. You should be uh, exalting him for the things that he has done in your life. The next part is going to be different for everyone. And so what I mean by that is if everyone was to order a burger or a chicken sandwich or something of that nature, there's going to be little parts of it that are going to be different for everyone. Some people might want to put ketchup and mayonnaise on there. Some people might want to put mustard. Some people might want to have tomatoes and lettuce and onions. It's all going to be different for different people based on what they, where they're at in life, what they need, things of that nature. And so that part of the prayer is the ask, where you're asking God for certain things. You're asking him to help you with certain things. He's asking you, you're asking him to give you certain things or to give you certain, uh, uh, kind of wisdom on things because everyone is at a different point in life going through different life circumstances. So everyone needs different things. And so what are the things that you are in need of that you need God to step in? That is the condiments. The meat is something that every sandwich is going to have. Like, unless you are weird, like eight year old me was, you're going to have meat on your sandwich. It might be chicken, it might be beef, but the point is, is there's meat on that sandwich. The thing that everyone is going to have that is going to be a part of their prayer is confession. We're all confessing sins. We're all asking for us to be led away from temptations. That's something that will just be a part of the human life here on earth. And so the meat is the sin and temptation. And then notice At the bottom of all of your sandwiches is another bun or another piece of bread. And so you end again with that praise, with that thanksgiving. The bun is the same for both sides. And so 
you don't have to constantly be thinking of the sandwich when you pray. Like I'm not thinking of the sandwich when I pray, but I know when I first started like trying to have a prayer life, that was an analogy that helped me uh, was like, okay, have I, have I done all these things? And the danger there, and I want to give this warning ahead of time because I tr did this at first and had to grow out of it. It's going to be easy to treat prayer like a checklist when you're thinking of all these things. And we we don't want that. That That's not our heart behind this is to treat it like, okay, have I done my Thanksgiving? Great. Have I asked? Great. Have I confessed? Great. Have I thanked him again? Okay, perfect. Done. We, we don't want it to come off that way. Uh but we do see that that is how Jesus structures the prayer that he specifically used for instruction. Like he mm -hmm. said, pray in this way. And so we need to pray in that way. Uh, we just have to be careful that our heart is in the right pl place as we do that. Uh, Jackson, what else you got? Um, I, I think as far as uh, prayer goes, that pretty much hits it. Um, but I think there's one aspect that I, I want to kind of add before we end. And it's, it's the story of Mary and Martha. Um, I believe many, honestly, I, I think many ministers, you know, pastors and things like that. I think many Christians, I think many fathers, mothers, I think many people fall into this category uh, that I'm about to talk about because I think of the way that, American culture has made it. American culture is go, 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 finish, 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 get stuff done, get something accomplished, you know, move on to the next thing, you know, work, 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 work. People are working constantly. And it, it, it's the peer pressure to do the exact same thing. Uh, I understand there is this idea of laziness, and I'm not promoting that by any means. I do not like laziness. Uh, However, I do think there is such thing as idolatry. Um, and I think we have a huge deal of idolatry in our American workforce today. Um, and I think you see it all over. I mean, teenagers watching this, you know, all the TikTok and everything is about how to work better, how to do business, how to do, how to, how to, how to, how to, how to work out more, how to, you know, like giving gyms your lifestyle, this job, marketing's your lifestyle, going into stocks is your lifestyle, all these things that are very, and in and of themselves, they're not necessarily bad, but they can become idolatry super fast. And there's the story with Mary and Martha, and it's in Luke chapter 10. Uh, and it's very interesting uh, because I think it applies so heavily here. It starts off in Luke 10, verse 38. If you guys want to open up to it, Jacob, if you want to open up to it, um, it starts off in verse 38. And it says that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. So Mary and Martha are sisters and they, they have a house. And they invite Jesus into their home. I think a lot of people stop there. Most Christians stop by inviting Jesus into their home, like verse 38 says. That's where they stop. There's a lot of people watching that have stopped by just welcoming him, him into their home. And that's not where the story ends. And it goes on, it says, Martha had a sister named Mary. And this is not Jesus' mother, Mary. This is a different Mary. If you read the Bible, you will realize there are tons and tons of Mary. So just this is a completely different Mary. Uh, Mary was seated at Jesus' feet, listening to his words. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations. And she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? And then tell her to help me. 
But Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I believe, and the reason I believe this is because I fall into this category and I am fighting it so hard right now. And it's a very hard battle. I realize that because I am trying my best right now to fight this. It is so easy to get busy. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to think that all we were called to do as Christians is to just welcome him into our home. God does not want you to just merely welcome him, him into our, our life. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to have a relationship with us. And that's done through prayer. We can get so, like pastors, I, I can get so distracted with my ministry. And let me explain. I can get so distracted, you know, talking to all these different youth pastors, talking to all my students, you know, preaching even. I can get so busy doing all these things that I don't just stop and sit with the Lord myself. I think there are mothers out there who can get so busy trying to teach their kids things about Jesus and trying to take them to church and trying to do all these things that they don't just sit with Jesus. I think there's businessmen who are so, you know, focused on making sure that they accomplish this goal so they can give their 10% tithe that they don't just sit with Jesus. And all those things, I'm not saying they don't have to be done. But Jesus said, Mary, who was sitting at his feet listening, found the one thing that was necessary. Mm. And that's prayer. That's prayer and reading the word. And I believe if we don't do that one thing that's important, we're missing it. We're missing the whole thing. And I think prayer is one of the most neglected aspects of the spiritual life. Genuine prayer. I'm not talking about you know, praying at the dining room table. That's great, but that's not it. I mean, genuinely sitting before the Lord by yourself. And I want everyone to, to allow the Lord to continue the conviction that's already on your heart right now that he is doing and allow that to, to kind of, you know, come into something and allow him to, to convict you to realize, you know, maybe I'm spending too much time on whatever that is. I'm spending too much time on my job spending too much time on the housework, all those different things, allow him to convict you because he will show you what the one thing that is important. And that is sitting before him and listening. So for me, I want to give a, just a practical advice. I want you to go back and write down those things that I said, go back and, you know, whatever way works for you, write down whatever the, you know, the little cheeseburger analogy Jacob gave. Maybe you just sit there and look at Matthew chapter six. And you look at that structure, you know, whatever it takes for you to see that structure before your eyes, whether it's my method, Jacob's method, somebody else's method, I could care less. Jesus, the structure is all I'm saying. Look at his structure and then whatever it might take, set a times, you know, make it a specific time right when I wake up, right before I go to bed, you know, in the middle of my day, while I'm in the shower, while I'm driving, you know, something where you can give him specifically your time and start off with 15 minutes. 15 minutes just sitting before him. I, I don't know, whatever it might take, set a specific goal and accomplish it. And like we said with the Bible reading, get accountability partners. Do it with them. You might not be able to do it at the same time, but you can say, hey, have you prayed today? And they can keep you accountable because there is one thing in this life that's important, and that's to sit before Jesus and listen to him because otherwise you will be a chicken with your head cut off. You don't just invite him into your home. You sit before his feet and listen.
So that's my challenge. Sit before Jesus' feet today and listen to him today. Start with that. And I guarantee if you do it today, you'll want to do it tomorrow. Absolutely. And I want to take the home analogy that Jackson is using a step further. I think a lot of the times if we look at our life as if it's a home, we look at all the rooms. One room is sports. One room is family. One room is friends. And one room is God. No. God is not just one room in your house. He should be your house that everything else falls within it. The sports that you play is because God allows you to play and it's for his glory. Your family is given to you by God and you should be worshiping him with them. Your friends should be godly influences that are on your life that point you closer to Jesus and bring you with them to him. And so prayer is a big part of that. And we should be praying without ceasing. Uh, First Thessalonians five talks about that. Like, yes, we need to set dedicated time where we're just praying, but prayer should just be a lifestyle, an ongoing conversation. Can I give an analogy for that? Yeah, go for it. So I am married. I have a wife. Her name is Leah, if you do not know. Um, And my wife, I text her throughout my day. I'm constantly texting her. Like right now we're texting. We're, we're, you know, figuring out different things. Hey, we need to get these posters set up for tonight. You know, we're, we're talking about all kinds of different things. I would consider that praying without ceasing. It is super, super important for me to message her throughout the day. Because if we don't have that communication, like there's a good majority of our day where she might be at school or I might be, you know, whatever, where we can't communicate. So we have to be texting throughout the day, which I would call praying without ceasing. But if we don't go home at night and have that one-on-one time, is it really a relationship? Mm. I would assume that most of you would think we are a pretty bad relationship if we just texted and didn't ever see each other. So you have to have that specific time. So praying without ceasing is huge. And that's texting my wife throughout the day. But I also got to sit quietly with her and listen, especially a woman for you guys out there. Listen, <laughs> at least nod your head. Uh, I have to sit and listen at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day and spend that specific time with her in order for it to be a genuine relationship. So go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, is there anything else on this you want to add, Jackson? Um, I guess kind of the same thing just do it yeah just do it and so we'll we'll have more episodes coming out if y'all have topics you want us to talk about please let us know we're about to start hitting some of the topics we've already been sent share this podcast with friends you know that like just want more with their relationship with christ that they want to dig deeper into scripture uh but with that that's all we've got for prayer and so we will see y'all next week adios